0: Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Good, good. Boom, boom. Awesome. Well, uh, it's uh, the heat has hit Oregon.
1: Oh, my gosh. We got to
0: the 90s, and I was dead.
1: Yeah, thank God it cooled down today. (laughs) Like
0: today, actually rained a tiny bit, and I was thank you, thank you rain. I
1: missed (laughs) you so much. We're just not used to it being super warm here in Oregon. So when it does, everything kind of comes to a standstill.
0: Well, especially because I we don't have AC here.
1: Oh yeah, neither do we. And I woke up a couple nights and it's like I it's just so hot. I was just laying there and just sweating. I was like, I gotta. So yeah, move to the couch where there's a little more airflow. Or <laughs> exactly,
0: turn all the fans on, open the window at night. Like it was, we're not used to that. How so hot. Yeah, we... and
1: especially in June, it usually doesn't even get warm until after Fourth of July.
0: Exactly. So so we've been dealing with that, but it's fine. It's it's good. Maybe we're making it through. We're I... surviving somehow. Exactly. So this time, <laughs> I made the drink because it was so hot. And we're recording in the morning, of course. So. We wanted something
1: a little refreshing.
0: Yes. And the cocktail we have today is called Pineapple Raspberry Rum Refresher. And what's in that is, of course, pineapple juice, coconut water, you muddled some raspberries at the bottom of the glass, and put some rum in, and put some a little bit of mint on top. Ooh, ooh,
1: ooh. Good to go. I think this would be a perfect hair of the dog cocktail mm. where you wake up in Hawaii, hopefully. You're a little bit hungover <laughs> from partying too hard. And you have a little bit of rum, a little bit of coconut water, that little sugar from the pineapple juice. Ba-boom. Yeah. You're feeling good as new. Yeah, the
0: coconut water is really refreshing and ooh.
1: Yeah, it's not real sweet. You no. kind of expect it to be like a almost like a pina colada or right. something and it's not at mm-hmm. all it's but super tasty it's I, very light had a yeah. couple of them and i'm at the bottom of yet another glass yeah
0: they're very tasty so give that a try because I re- definitely recommend it all right should we jump into it
1: fuck yeah we should jump into it Caitlin. <clears throat> so,
0: <laughs> so i have like two stories they're shorts mm-hmm. but they're the same pretty same much same theme thing. Mm-hmm. okay okay and it's kind kind of going on theme already.
1: Ooh, I wonder if my story fits in with it. We'll see. We'll see. Because I bounced all around, and then finally I was like, "Nope, that's the one."
0: Okay. So we'll, we'll see. see. I'll be so amazed. Anyways, okay. It's like
1: eh, not at all.
0: <laughs> so this story is about Stephanie Wilburn, okay. and Stephanie is around 15 years old, and she lives in Oklahoma. Okay. And it's 2011. Ooh, all right. And she's on a softball team. And it's a beautiful sunny day and she's at practice.
1: Oh, and... our little Caitlin. I know. Well, you still play softball. How's... I played
0: last night. Oh,
1: damn. Did
0: bad. We lost.
1: That has been my experience with all of softball. It is. <laughs> I do bad.
0: <laughs> you got a home run.
1: Alright, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Back to our girl.
0: So it is about an hour and a half into practice and she started to feel tired, but like unusually tired.
1: Hmm. Fatigued more than she thought she should be.
0: Yeah. And she remembers thinking, just push through it, be strong, you know.
1: Yeah, as we all do. Like don't be a wimp. You just got shitty sleep last night. Yeah. But that's what I do.
0: This day it was a little over a hundred degrees outside. Mm. But the next thing she remembers She's now lying on the dugout, and her coaches are saying if she's okay.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: Stephanie has now stopped sweating and now has turned pale and gray. Oh. Steph is now suffering from a heat stroke.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: And a heat stroke occurs when the body becomes unable to control its temperature and raises rapidly.
1: I a- thought I was going to have a heat stroke. Joel was like one day this afternoon and i was like it's the hottest fucking day Uh of this whole week and you want me to go on a stupid walk with you it's the first walk i've been on in like a year (laughs) and i swear to god i got like there's this hill in the neighborhood behind us that we always walk yeah and it goes like straight up and it's in the direct sun and by the time we got to the top of it i was like not sweating anymore and i was like we're going home well, I was done walking. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: well, that's why I wanted to cover the story because heat stroke is actually very dangerous.
1: And I think it can come on really, yeah, much more quickly than I think we give it credit for. Mm-hmm. So.
0: So, so, the, so the sweat mechanisms fail and the body is unable to cool down. So common signs of heat stroke is a throbbing headache, dizziness, lightheadedness, Uh, lack of sweating despite the heat, red, hot, and dry skin, muscle weakness or cramps, nausea, and vomiting. Oh. And there are different types of heat illness. Okay. So there's kind of three tiers of heat illness. Okay. The first one is heat cramps. Heat cramps, which are involuntary muscle spasm that usually occur during heavy exercise in the heat.
1: Okay, so maybe you mistake it for like a stitch in your side. Probably. Mm -hmm. Okay, like I just, but I actually found out what a stitch in the side uh, is caused from. What? So normally, it is not. It's like because our normal respiration Mm -hmm. is anaerobic respiration, where you're actually using your oxygen. Mm. But when you have a stitch in your side, it your body has switched over to. Antiaerobic. anaerobic. Oh. So normally it's aerobic respiration and then anaerobic means you're not using oxygen. Mm. So you're actually using other things in your body, which creates that stitch in your side. So when I started
0: jogging, I was feeling that stitch in my side because I wasn't, I was like, (sighs) like not breathing correctly. Yeah. You're not breathing deep deep enough. And Mm -hmm. so
1: your body switches over to how it's getting its energy.
0: The next (laughs) tier is heat exhaustion. Okay. Which is when the body is heavily sweating with a rapid pulse. And if you do not cool down the body, then uh that's when the heat stroke occurs. So you're kind of you're going through these stages.
1: So she was probably our Stephanie was probably mm-hmm. in heat exhaustion. Right. pushed yourself cuz she was thinking maybe she was just feeling tired yeah. and then ended up with heat stroke. Exactly. Oh, okay.
0: So, she went to the hospital, and under the care of doctors, it took her weeks to recover. <gasps>
1: what? Yeah.
0: She had multiple MRIs, EKGs, blood tests, hormone tests, and even more. Oh, my gosh. She has to see a neurologist regularly due to the brain injury that was caused by the heat stroke and she has to take seizure medication twice a day.
1: Is it just because she had so little oxygen? I mean, who could say? I'm not I a I honestly doctor. don't
0: know. But um, she, in the story, said that she went to practice like hydrated, like she. I don't know. No,
1: man, the sun—you gotta treat it with respect.
0: But the thing is, since she had a heat stroke, she is now more susceptible to heat illnesses.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah.
0: So that once you got it, now it it's can just happen easily, again
1: and again mm-hmm, more easily. Oh, wow. So that
0: fucking sucks that does
1: kind of suck
0: <laughs> so even keeping hydrated they say may not even be enough and you have to really pay attention for those stress in your body oh, those, wow. those signs so in college she even on really hot days in Oklahoma she has to have security like take their car and drive her back and forth from classes to her dorm back Wow,
1: because, like, just walking through that much heat Mm -hmm. and that long can uh, exhaust her. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, this really
0: took a toll on her. She even, they had a GoFundMe for her just so she could help pay for custom-made cooling shirts and cooling equipment, like blankets, um, shirts that have, you know, cooling technology to keep her cool. It's time
1: to move to the north, Stephanie. Probably.
0: (laughs) again yeah just not well, summer. well it gets
1: hot like twice a year yeah
0: so. <laughs> exactly uh so they were hoping to get 1500 they actually
1: got 16 right.
0: so that was able to buy her you know
1: the cooling clothes she needed
0: exactly so actually there are two different types of heat stroke
1: interesting i didn't know so much about this Thank i you, know Caitlin.
0: be careful guys so okay I mean, it's so crazy because different states, like over 100 degrees, that's normal in the summer. And yeah. I couldn't even imagine. Like it was 90 here and I was dying. So I I couldn't even.
1: I remember going to Florida and I think it was mm. like January and yeah. just getting off that airplane and just my breath was taken away because I just was not prepared for the heat. Yeah. And that isn't even in summer.
0: I went to Florida in February and it was still really humid and hot. And yeah I could yeah I couldn't even imagine the summer. Ugh all right. So these are the two kinds of heat stroke. There's classic and exertional. So classic heat stroke hits very young, the elderly, the overweight, and people suffering from chronic conditions uh, like uncontrolled diabetes, hypertension, Mm -hmm. um, also uh, alcohol and certain medications uh, can increase susceptibility as well.
1: You know what always used to bum me out? Every year we would go to NASCAR (laughs) (laughs) down in Vallejo and... It's in, it's right at the end of June. Mm -hmm. It's in kind of an area that's very hot in general. Yeah. And you can drink and drink and drink and drink all day long and never feel drunk. Really? It's just because it's like so hot. And then one time my mom brought a little bit of wine and then it was like the opposite effect. Oh. Where she had like a half a glass of wine and was just like drunk as shit in one second. Oh, wow. It was crazy. Huh. But it's like me, I drink Coors Light from morning until night and... Well,
0: that's your problem <laughs>
1: Coors Light. <laughs> it's true. No, but they have like Bloody Marys and vodka, lemonades, uh-huh. and I'd be drinking those as well. And never a buzz. Really?
0: All right, the second kind is exertional heat stroke and... This really pounces on the young and fit,
1: Oh. so no one is safe. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, no one is safe.
0: So the young and fit, so like marathon runners, cyclists, so other athletes sometimes push themselves. That used to be known as like fever of exercise, mm. and it's now called exercise-induced hypothermia. Oh, so this is where the internal temperatures typically hit a hundred to hundred four degrees. Oh wow heat stroke, you know, can pretty much you're kind of cooking yourself because you're internal. Body. Oh, you are
1: cooking yourself. Um,
0: so that could lead to organ failure, brain damage, and a lot of people actually die from heat stroke. And I think I have that I
1: number. do know I took a first aid class kind of a while back, mm-hmm. and what he said is a lot of times, you know, people want to feed you like Gatorade and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And actually, beer is better than Gatorade. Like water is best, beer is second, and like Gatorade to rate is third is oh. kind of what he told us because it has more stuff in it like mm-hmm. more nutrients I guess and the key is to sip it slowly
0: oh. like don't
1: roll into shade and then gulp down a huge right. thing you're not going to be able to manage your heat exhaustion that way
0: right you got
1: to just sit in the shade be very still and just take slow sips mm. you know just consistent slow sips until you slowly bring your body temperature back I see to normal.
0: Well, during 2004 to 2018, on average, 702 heat-related deaths occur in the U.S. annually.
1: Wow. That's a lot. It
0: is a lot, I think. I mean, I guess there's millions of people, but just because of the freaking heat. And since 1995, three high school football players a year, on average, die of heat stroke. Oh, my God. So, I would say student-athletes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: That sucks. Being
0: young. I mean, because Stephanie was at her top physical peak. Yeah, young and and
1: fit and just thinking maybe you're feeling a little bummy and Mm -hmm. just push through. And, oh gosh.
0: End up, you know, needing to take a ride to class and you can't deal with heat. Like, it is just crazy. Yeah,
1: well, and it sounds like she's going to be having to deal with this for the rest of her life. Mm
0: -hmm. Which is really sad. That sucks. I feel super bad for her. Yeah, that's super But at sucks. least she survived because a lot of students don't survive it. And mm. that's just become aware of the sun. The sun yeah. is not evil. Well, no, and I
1: think it's just so easy to be like, no, nah, it's nothing. I'm just going to keep on going. Right. And, you know, and that was actually my tendency on this stupid walk. And granted, it was like the shortest walk ever. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't even, it was like. One time around the block. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like a mile total. Mm-hmm. And I had to cut it short. And because by the time we got to the stupid top of the hill, I could just feel the pulse in my face. Yeah. And like my face felt puffy. Mm-hmm. And then the sweat stopped. And I was like, yeah, we probably should just go home. Exactly. So that uh, was the classic, not exertion. Yeah. Because I don't think I'm in Young like.
0: Young and fit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
0: Same though, I mean, ugh. same girl, same. <laughs> like, I, I told Michelle I woke up with a headache today, and I'm like, I ate healthy yesterday and I didn't even drink. Like, what the just, hell? My body's
1: just like, ugh. I should be rewarded, yeah. not sent with a headache. Exactly.
0: Okay, so I have another short little story. Okay, I'm, I'm sure you know what this is about. He didn't so, <laughs> No, he
1: <He'd> stroke. stroke. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Duh, Michelle! Oh my god, that's the second tier. <laughs> I just explained it. We're on third tier, bitch. We're on third <laughs> tier. So the story is about Joey Azula. Azula, Joey Azula. I mean, I could say that wrong too. Of course, I'm probably you know also that.
1: saying it wrong. But here we go.
0: He's 14 years old and is hiking with his dad in Arizona and is around 103 degrees.
1: <sighs> Fuck my life. Right? That sounds like the worst.
0: <laughs> so. On the way up this mountain, he threw up and in hindsight he should've he kind of thought it's, like, Oh, this is
1: so Time to call it quits here.
0: Yeah. He said, but on the way down, he felt weird. Like he was floating.
1: So they okay. They head out on the trailhead. They go for a little while. He pukes a little bit. Yeah. I'm feeling better now, Dad. Let's keep going in this 103 Arizona heat. Yeah. They get to the top, and then they turn around and come back, Uh and now he's feeling weird. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yep. And his dad wanted him to go faster, so he was kind of pushing himself more than he probably would have, just Mm -hmm. like, you know.
1: Maybe it's like, we got to get back to the car because it's so effing hot. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Once they got back to the parking lot, Joey collapses
1: on the hot asphalt. Oh gosh, which is probably even hotter than Mm -hmm. 103 degrees.
0: He was taken to John C. Hospital, then he was flown to Phoenix Children's Hospital. They had ice all over him and even had a machine that took his blood out, cooled it, and then put it back in his body. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: His body temperature reached 108 degrees, (gasps) and his heartbeat went up to 200 beats per minute.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: You're cooking yourself. You are, yeah. You're cooking yourself. It's so crazy. Ah. So, he was out for several days. So, he was like in a coma. Completely unconscious. Unconscious for several days, and then he spent 11 days in the hospital. His mother had to change his dressings. From all the burns, so he had burns all over his legs and arms from laying on the asphalt. Oh my God! Right, Joey. I know. So she had to dress his burn wounds for ten months. Oh, that's my how bad gosh. they were. Ugh, that's mm. insane. He recovered mentally, but physically, it took him a long time. Yeah, no shit, man. <laughs> so I mean, he recovered, but he it. It's just so crazy how these young, athletic kids are just, boom, sun, done, you oh know? Oh, my
1: gosh, yeah. That
0: kind of rhymed. I mean, uh,
1: yeah. Sun and done. Yeah, sun and done.
0: <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I burn within five minutes of being outside. Like, my skin, like, it burns, and then it peels, and then I'm just white. Like, there's no tan, there's no cute, like, little sun kiss glow. No. <laughs> Not for Caitlin. Not for Caitlin. <laughs> burn red white boom
1: i do well i eventually tan but i always burn first you know i always think of those like photographs where you can see like all the mm-hmm. sun damage oh. and stuff and it's like i never want to see one of those yeah. for myself i used to get sunburn all the time really? like growing up it's like sunscreen whatever and you're dumb and I remember my friend and I, we went on this camping trip up to Lake Shasta mm-hmm. and we fell asleep out on the lake on like a floating thing. Mm-hmm. And that must've been the worst sunburn of my whole life. Sounds I mean, awful. my entire back was like an entire blister because we were out there on the water, which yeah. is even worse. And just with that sun beating down, no sunscreen. I mean, we were just stupid.
0: Well, that's how yeah. I was a few summers ago. We went floating, and I put sunscreen on the top. But I did put it on my legs, mm. and my legs, yeah. like, they were so swollen, I couldn't wear pants because oh the gosh. heat was so trapped in it. I had to wear oh. like, it. It was really bad. So now, every time I go out, like, with friends in the summer... Sunscreen with, is going everyone, everywhere. Yeah, everyone's just like, Caitlin, did you put sunscreen on? I'm like, yes, I put sunscreen on. God damn it. <laughs> Don't ask me ask. again. It was to the point where Nick always had to help me because I don't know. I would just do, like, I guess I don't know, do a good job because you can't see it, but I would just have like streaks of red. Oh, because I would I have didn't that,
1: like, do it on the right. back of my shoulder. Yeah. There's a big patch of red because yeah. I missed that spot. I mean,
0: my sister got the Italian skin. She's olive, she tans. I just got, I don't know, my mom's side, the English side, which just burns. <laughs> it's and It's like, yeah, right. Nice exactly. try. So, whatever. Alyssa you stuck with your golden skin, yeah, all sun-kissed. So, so I have some, sorry. I'm I'm not, I'm not ready. I have a few things that you could do when you see the onset. Of, okay,
1: excellent. So getting us all ready for summer. Mm-hmm.
0: So early signs of heat exhaustion are nausea, lightheadedness, fatigue, muscle cramping and dizziness. Dizziness,
1: also not sweating, correct? Or No, no,
0: that's heat exhaustion. Heat stroke is when you stop sweating.
1: Oh, I Mm -hmm. see. Okay, so... So, at the first
0: sign of, like, being too hot with the heat exhaustion, you need to move to an air-conditioned place, take a cool shower, or use cool compresses, Mm. drink plenty of fluids, remove tight or extra clothing.
1: I do know you want to sip your drink, as I said before. Exactly.
0: So, heat stroke requires immediate medical attention.
1: Like, you need to head to the hospital ASAP.
0: Yep. Someone, okay. experience, someone experiencing heat stroke may have a headache, confusion, no sweating, rapid heart rate, nausea, vomiting, or even lose consciousness. So, uh-huh. if this if you are expecting someone is having a heat stroke, you need to call 911 immediately, move that person to a cooler place, mm. use cool compresses to get their temperature down, and do not give them fluids. Really? That's what Interesting. they say. Well, I'm well also go with... with the cool compresses, it says don't like just... Put them in cold water because that will shock the body oh. as well. You need to put cool compresses. Like, you need to... You need to bring slowly it down, slowly. bring it down. Exactly. Because then you're doing one drastic thing to another. And that's oh. going to mess everything up. So... Wow. Isn't that crazy? Ugh! So... Well, thank
1: you for the good advice, Caitlin. Exactly.
0: So, cool area, cool compresses,
1: you know... Not ice poured all over their whole <laughs> face. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs>
0: Just don't shock the body. So, I thought an interesting fact. I'm jumping all over the place. I'm no, so sorry, it's all good. But We're
1: learning good things here, Caitlin. <laughs> we'll be
0: prepared for summer. Yeah. So, the human body is much less tolerant of rises in internal temperature than drops. So, the lowest body temperature a human has been known to survive was 56.7 degrees. So, Dang. nearly 42 degrees below normal. They still survived. But. Only the highest body temperature measured was only 17 degrees above normal. Willie Jones, a 52-year-old man in Atlanta, was rescued from his apartment during a heat wave. Oh gosh! In the in 1980, his internal temperature was 115.7 <gasps> degrees. But so he spent 24 days in the hospital before he could be released. But it's crazy how the body can take the cool. Like yeah, that's fine. I'll just slow down my heartbeat. You know, Ugh. it's cool. But when it's too hot, it's like nah, man, I'm dead. Like <laughs> I'm done. 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 Done.
1: Well, I think you're right. You're cooking yourself a little bit. You're slow you're, roasting. You're slow
0: roasting. Yeah. Oh, A nice, you know,
1: roast. Nice, medium, rare. Yeah, exactly.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so crazy that the sun can just do that much damage. So please make sure you guys are hydrated. You're wearing sunscreen. You have shade available to you. Just take care of yourself. Yeah.
1: And if you're... Feeling tired and you're beginning to feel weird, don't push yourself. Exactly. Just find some shade. Especially if you start
0: cramping. I'd be like, that's the first sign because like the heat <laughs> cramps like, Ugh, no. We're done." Yeah. I'm going to
1: sit here for the rest of the hike. Exactly. Uh, your turn, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was also thinking of the sun. Oh my gosh, for are you this serious? One. I was. I wanted to find kind of a vacation, you know, good times. I'd kind of look at some campings. Good times? Good times. Well, this is less good times, but it's vacation-y. So this story is about the Ananias family. So we have mom and dad Uh who are Jean and Georgia. Okay. It's 66 and 63.
0: Okay. And then
1: we have their grown daughters Valerie and Cindy, who were 32 and 25. They, in fact, have another daughter, 30, but she had just gotten married, and she was not part of this family trip.
0: She's on her honeymoon,
1: man. Yeah, she's she's having a good time. The Ananias family was setting off on their dream vacation on the luxurious Costa Concordia, which was a giant cruise ship awesome so carrying more than 4200 passengers and crew Mm -hmm. this vessel left rome and then was headed on a seven-day cruise visiting ports in italy spain and france wow so it sounds like the best cruise in my goddamn life uh but unfortunately instead of going to all these ports of call the ship slammed into rocks on the first night oh yeah
0: very short trip
1: yeah poor things so this is uh, the story of this poor family's survival on this cruise ship. Oh, that has gosh, a survival! Like run aground.
0: Okay, I just so, thought like they would hit rocks, and be like, ah, everyone get off, we have to
1: die. Oh, that is not how
0: this <laughs> <Nigh>. went. <laughs> okay.
1: So Dad or Dean mm-hmm. was sitting in. They were all sitting in the dining room, yeah. and uh, they noticed that the theme music from Titanic came on. And he remembers commenting to his wife that maybe this wasn't the best song that they could be playing on a cruise ship. Is
0: it the My Heart Will Go On or one like the the instruments were playing
1: while the boat was going <laughs> I down? I suspect it was My Heart Will oh, Go okay. On, but they just remember kind of like, why would they play this? Very, uh, yeah. Yeah. And they were like, turns out it was more right than they knew. Oh my gosh. Ugh. So a short while later, while they were eating their salads... <laughs> uh. They heard a rumbling and the ship started vibrating like it had there was a mini earthquake. Okay. And they were like, "What the hell?" Next came a super loud bang and then lights started flashing. The guy next to them at the next table sort of bolted for the door with his wife hurrying behind him and there's like okay, they're like gone now. Like he knew. Yeah, I think he was like, "Uh-oh, something's not right." And the table on the other side of them was just a mess of screaming kids. So over the PA system, they heard an announcement, which at first they couldn't understand because it was first in Italian, then in French, and then in German, and then finally English. Oh, what they what it said was, "There's nothing to fear. There's just an electrical problem." Oh, so they're like,
0: "Okay, are the lights
1: still on?" The lights were flashing oh, I see, at this I see. point. But meanwhile, the ship was actually starting to tip. <gasps> and things on the upper levels were beginning to like fall off the oh shelves and that type of thing. So, passengers started to panic. So, they were pushing and shoving their way out of the dining room. And then they started sliding on oh the gosh. slanted floor.
0: It's just like, like that movie Poseidon? Is that what it's called?
1: Is that the one where it's like...
0: Where everyone, yeah, and the. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah sure. it's like
1: that. It's like that. The family waited for the stampede to clear out because uh-huh. they really wanted to stay together. They didn't want to, like, one person go off to the upper deck to see mm-hmm. what's going on, another person goes to their room, right. who knows what. People were freaking out mm-hmm. all around them in lots of different languages, all rushing four doors. Yeah. A waiter uh, motioned them to take the service stairs up to the lifeboat deck. But once they got up there, things were not much better there. So normally on cruises, they do a drill on the first day that's like, if there's an emergency, you guys need to do this. This is what you do. This right. is where the life jackets are. Mm. This is where the lifeboats are. This is, These are all the protocols that you need to follow in order to get out safe. Right. But this crew did none of that. So really, they were never shown what to do in an emergency oh or anything gosh. along those lines. So there was zero organization when it came to trying to get people yeah. like off this boat. Val or Valerie, one of the daughters, was convinced that they had hit something. She asked her dad, who had been dad had been in the navy, yeah. how much time do they have before the ship starts sinking? And then they noticed, they were kind of like looking around, wondering how long it was going to be until they go down, that everyone else had life jackets. (gasps) And they, in fact, did not. Oh, my gosh. So while they had waited for that stampede to pass out of the dining room, everyone had raided the life jacket bins, and now those bins were completely empty. They didn't even have enough life jackets? Apparently not. Not in this one specific area. Okay
0: and they didn't know where else to look because they okay.
1: Yeah. So Georgia remembers that there was three life jackets down in their cabin. Oh. So they had to go downstairs and so now they're like debating whether they should go downstairs and try to find these life jackets or just stay where they are which is on the upper decks where the lifeboats are. Mm. And They decided to try. And again, they didn't want to split up the family. Mm -hmm. So all four went together.
0: So only get three life jackets. So someone didn't get one. Yeah.
1: So this is kind of a, I find this part to be pretty interesting. Okay. This is right up my alley, if you will. Ah, drink. Sorry. The damn, if if you you will. I was like, what? Girl, what are you talking about? I'll drink. So at this point, the lights are completely out. Mm -hmm. So all the electrical is down. And so they were able to actually get to their stateroom and fortunately they sort of had done a good job memorizing their room. And so they were able Mm. to go in in the pitch dark and find where those life jackets were. So they were able to rummage around and they got on their hands and knees. They crawled down two decks and were able to get to their room and get those life jackets. Wow. Yeah. Ah. Just as they came out of their room with their three life jackets needing four life jackets, they saw a room steward kind of heading down. And they knew that the room steward had the master keys. Oh. So they're like, please let us into another room so we can get another life jacket. And he was like, no, we're not allowed to do that. What? (laughs) And then left. What? (laughs) Yeah. They were like, sorry, we can't help you with that. And... They were like in complete shock. I mean, they thought it would be like a no brainer to let them into another room so they could get another life jacket, but they weren't. So they (laughs) headed, yeah, they were like, okay. So now they're like, what if we need to jump overboard? I mean, all these things are sort of like occurring to them and they're like, we need to get another life jacket. So they're making their way back up to the boat deck where all the lifeboats are And right in the middle of the hallway was one life jacket.
0: Oh, that's Uh, lucky. Yeah.
1: And they were like, we just passed through here. It was not there before. So they just felt like it was a complete miracle. Yeah. That it's like, here's this fourth life jacket that you need desperately. And we're not able to get... So now all the family has life jackets. Good. Okay. Ah, So they returned up to the boat deck. So at that point, the crew wasn't helping.
0: Well, I'm sure they don't know what to do either.
1: Yeah, it sounds like no one was really prepared for this. And so... Now they were starting to worry, like, Dad especially was like, even if we get on a lifeboat, are they even going to know how to run this stupid thing? Right. Like, what are we going to do? Because at this point, it's mainly waiters and kitchen staff that are sort of out and about on this boat deck. So there's, where's
0: everyone else? On lifeboats?
1: Yeah, they're, like, all trying to hustle on oh, the lifeboats. But, I mean, at, there's no one, like you go here you go here there was no organization oh, and see, no one chaos. had taken charge yeah total mm. chaos the passengers were just kind of doing well, they what they to thought just yeah what they thought was best but at this point the captain hadn't yet given the signal to allow the lifeboats to go like we're still fine we're still fine and so they had started loading the lifeboats but no one had actually descended into the water So now we have this sort of tilted cruise boat that is hanging on an angle that Uh is run aground, but no one's admitting that it's run aground. Everyone's saying it's like electrical problems. (laughs) The electrical is now fully out and people are on the lifeboats, but no one is allowed to leave the cruise ship. Like the lifeboats aren't allowed to go into the water.
0: Until we actually take on a lot of water, then you can go. It's fine. It's It's fine.
1: So, finally, they heard the signal, and what they didn't know is the captain had gotten off as soon as the ship, as soon as he had given the excavation order, he got off the boat. What? Yeah, he was, like, the first lifeboat out of there. A captain has to go down with the boat. Yeah,
0: not in this (laughs) case. Well, you don't have to, but that's what they say.
1: That is what they say. (laughs) So...
0: Okay, so what? He's just gonna walkie talkie from like safe ground, be like, okay, don't leave yet. <laughs> like, I think what? Kinda.
1: I think he was like in the engine room or some shit. I don't know, wherever the captain hangs mm-hmm. out normally. And it was like, okay, excavation or excavation. Oh my God. Evacuation can begin. I'm gonna go ahead and get on this lifeboat that's right here. Yeah. Get off and then take off. Oh my gosh. So the captain did not go down with the ship at this point. Well. So now the gates of the lifeboats, which I'm assuming is sort of the thing that holds them up, is now they've opened them. And so passengers are making a mad dash, shoving others aside and jumping into lifeboats. So I guess they weren't in lifeboats before, but now they are in lifeboats and they're... People
0: are piling in. Yeah. Is there enough lifeboats for everyone that is on the ship? Because that's what happened to the Titanic. Whatever.
1: I'm not going to tell you. So what the Ananias family did not realize is that the nightmare had just begun. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. That's what I always like to do. Leave you with a little cliffhanger that's not a cliffhanger because I'm going to tell exactly what happened the rest of the story. (laughs) So, So they were struggling to get onto a lifeboat. So each of these lifeboats held about 100 people. So they were, I mean, they weren't like tiny little lifeboats that you think of where like three people are in them. These are pretty significant lifeboats. So they finally get into a lifeboat. The whole family together. That's relief. And they start trying to lower the lifeboat down. Uh But because the cruise ship is tilted the opposite way, they're scraping (gasps) the side of the cruise ship. The entire way down. Oh, no. And they keep trying to, like, use a pole to sort of push them away from Uh the cruise ship so they could free, sort of more free fall into the ocean in their boat, but they just can't. And so about halfway down, someone yells, stop, and they sort of instantly knew that they weren't going to be making it off the boat in that lifeboat. What?! So they have to bring them back up because the ship now is too tilted. They can't get down. For they just can't get down. Oh, it's God. like just scraping down, trying to go downhill when you just can't. Yeah. So that is not people who have fled a sinking ship. That's not what they want to hear. No, <laughs> they don't want to hear that. They got to get back onto the boat. So now they're getting pulled back up and two crew members start grabbing and yanking at them and sort of bringing them back onto the boat. So, now the deck is sharply angled. Yeah. So, it's not like they're just getting off this boat and going to just walk across the deck down to like a lower deck or to a different it's deck. It's like
0: almost completely on its side.
1: It's not quite on its side, but it's, but it's angled pretty, yeah. pretty drastically. So, we're probably at like a 45 degree angle. I see. So, one poor woman who was trying to get onto the deck, like, severely twisted her ankle. And they were trying to help, but it kind of got to the point where it's like, we're not going to be able to help all these people. Let's just focus on our family. Let's keep our family together and just try to do what we can. Mm -hmm. People were screaming and crying, and mom remembered saying to herself... You're never going to be able to help them all. I have to concentrate on saving my family.
0: That's a hard, like, a...
1: Uh, sort of what, choice to choice, make. Choice,
0: yeah. I guess, like, humane. I <laughs> know. Like, it's humane. hard. Yeah. It's like,
1: are you going to, like, die trying to save all these other yeah. people? or? So they kind of heard amongst all this, you know, movement and everyone, all this chaos, that lifeboats on the port side, which is where they were, are not being launched that lifeboats on the starboard side were still being launched because they could easily make it down to the ocean. Right. So now they need to try to figure out how to get to the other side Mm -hmm. of the ship while it's completely angled. You know, like it's total craziness. It's like a giant slide. Just trying to. Yeah, that's exactly correct. So they started inching towards a corridor that led to the other side of the boat And they got about a third of the way there when they started hearing glasses breaking and plates crashing. And all at once, the ship rolled even more. (gasps) So they were probably like at a 60 degree angle Uh before, and now they're at the full 45 degrees. Oh, my gosh. And so they pretty much gave up trying to reach the other side and just went for high ground. Like Now they're just trying to get to the port side Mm -hmm. and try to get up on top of that side. As right. the boat's like slowly turning over. So the climb back was completely exhausting. What they said is to picture one of those steep concrete highway embankments and try imagining to try to walk up that. So, so this
0: th- is at nighttime because it was dinner time, right? Yeah, it mm. is nighttime.
1: So it's all dark. Mm-hmm. They're out kind of in the middle of the ocean. I mean, not so far out in the middle of the ocean, fortunately. Right. Well, maybe unfortunately because... If they were further out, they wouldn't have hit the rock.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, can they jump on the rock? I mean, is there... No, 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 okay, at okay, this okay. point.
1: And what they are concerned about is getting essentially pushed down by the boat, right? As it's it sinking yeah. It, yeah, and so they don't want to be in the water anywhere near. And actually, I should have, I didn't say this before, I apologize. This is January of like 2012, oh, and okay. so it's actually quite cold out. Oh, so even though they were on this amazing Mediterranean cruise, yeah, it's
0: cold. It's
1: it's pretty chilly okay. out. The most me- recent roll of the ship had made it so the deck had now turned into a wall. I mean, so everything was kind of, wow. and they were walking along the walls. One of the girls had actually grasped rails, and it was like hanging on monkey bars. Wow. I mean, just so she's swinging her feet to sort of get up and sort of be able to keep on going. Holy cow. Yeah. She leaned down and told her sister to give her her hand, and they actually ended all up jumping, like, sort of up onto this little bit upper area. Okay. And looking back now, they're like, we were amazing. Like, <laughs> somehow we made all these incredible...
0: Physical, yeah, yeah, all
1: these, like, amazing acrobatic jumps and things, and, you know, they're not, like, they were in good shape, but, I mean, they weren't, you know, hikers or, you know,
0: marathoners. yeah, Yeah.
1: athletes. (laughs) So once they were balanced up on the railing, they were now looking down at the bulkhead below them, and they turned their attention to the stairwell. And they were thinking if they could just find some sort of exit, they'd be able to get up to water level because they're actually sort of below water oh. level, it sounds like. Okay. It's kind of confusing. Yeah. Because yeah. they were all over the place. Uh, anyway. So, Valerie, yeah. one of the daughters, sort of looks at her dad. And as we know, he was in the Navy.
0: Yeah.
1: And what she saw was like completely heartbreaking because she could tell by the look on her dad's face that he was super scared and sort of in despair about oh. this whole situation. And that just made the whole situation even more dire and yeah. more real because he knew that the ship was probably going to continue rolling over. Right. And then start sinking. Ugh. Ugh. And, you know, when they capsized, they would be trapped underwater with the cruise ship, forcing them down to the bottom of the ocean. Holy cow. I know. Oh. But she knew that he was trying to be strong for them. So they were able to make their way to the outside of the boat. Mm. And so now they're actually sitting on the railing on the side of the boat. Wow. So as it's like off to the side, mm. so they're sort of sitting on the top part as it's turned over. Does so that make pretty, sense? Yeah, yeah.
0: So they're pretty high up. I mean. Yeah.
1: And at that point, they were just sort of. Are we going to die? Are yeah. we not going to die? They were in this half, like, I cannot believe this is happening. Mm-hmm. And the other half at peace with the fact that they were probably going to die. Oh, my gosh. I just, oh, my. Because so, you
0: can either, you know, jump off or wait till it goes down. It's, yeah. Hope for you're the best. you right there. Like, what do you
1: do? So they just hung out there mm-hmm. is what they did. So, they tried to uh, pull out cell phones. They didn't have any service. They thought maybe they'd be able to get a call out to Debbie, who is not with them, so they can make a call and, you know, say their last goodbyes. Um, Could you imagine
0: your whole family, like, Gone? No, I
1: could not imagine. So, they sat there and sat there, and the water didn't come. Like, the whole time they are expecting the water to eventually sort of come up to meet them because the boat is sinking. And what had happened was the ship had run aground, yeah. hit a rock, floated out to sea, flipped over a little bit, uh-huh. and then was actually pushed back towards the rock. Oh. So it sort of landed itself on the rock. So okay. in fact, was not sinking anymore. Oh, So that is good news in yeah. all of this. So they eventually just sort of, after hanging out for so long on this railing, they decided to go out and sure, see what was happening. They were able to jump to the deck down below them, and they knew to noticed uh, a group of people moving towards the ship bow. They were walking on a wall, and it's apparently a lot harder than it sounds because... They probably could have walked over the windows, but they were concerned about the gra- the glass breaking. Oh, absolutely. So they would have to, like, circumvent all the no. windows as they were going and things. And so it just took a lot more time. And I guess the life jackets have water-activated lights on them. So you hit the water, a, a light automatically turns on, oh, on so people can find you or you can see where you are. So they kept having to, like, lick their hands and wet the light down with saliva to keep the lights on. Interesting. Um, Yeah. I I had no idea. So they did have lights on their life jackets. So they got a little closer to the crowd. And what they saw was an extension ladder that was rising up towards the sky. So if the boat had been right, it would have just been, like, lying down a hallway, kind of out a window a little bit but because it was capsized, it was going straight up and out the window. So what they saw is that there was a bunch of men shoving women and children aside to like get up this ladder. (laughs) And so for them
0: to get up? Yeah. So like
1: these guys were sort of rescuing themselves first. But
0: women and children first.
1: That's what these guys thought, and they were like, that's enough. So they fought their way to the front, to the foot of the stair or the foot of the ladder and like let all the kids go up. Oh god. And yeah. It's okay. Because all these kids were getting pushed out of the way. So so they eventually got most of the kids up. And then the two girls went up while mom and dad hung out downstairs. Yeah. And they were about to go up when they actually spotted a bunch more kids. And so Aww. they like brought them over and got them up and then headed up themselves.
0: It's okay. very nice. I know.
1: Like, thank you for that. My goodness. So as the people got off the ladder, they were uh, heading right. And what they later learned is that there was actually a rope ladder set up to get every da- everyone down to waiting lifeboats, but they had actually turned the wrong way. So they got up the ladder, turned right, and if they had turned left, they would have immediately been able to go to a lifeboat. Oh, my gosh. So they just kept trying to fight their way to higher higher ground uh-huh. on the cruise ship. Again,
0: they couldn't go back down to the left side.
1: No, I guess they didn't. Well, they had no idea that that was there. Oh, I see. see. And they just sort of got unlucky with their choice. So at this point, there's now a group of like 15 of them Mm -hmm. that are hanging out that all went up to the right. And if they had to guess, they would say they were probably eight to 10 stories up. Whoa. From the ocean. I mean, so it's not just like jumping off yeah, yeah. and jumping into the ocean. They probably would have killed themselves. It was all dark, but then they saw lights from boats and helicopters, which they sort of assumed was part of the rescue operation. Mm-hmm. So they sat there and just hung out there. And they were shivering because it was January and they were already probably wet and cold. And yeah. So they just hung up there. And they kept trying to get the helicopter's attention. And the helicopter is just... Missed no. them and missed them and oh missed them. I mean, they were waving. They were jumping. They were doing everything they could. It's like they said the worst part was being so close to rescue, but feeling like it was still so far right. away. So after about an hour, one of the fellow passengers decided that they needed to kind of make their way back down because it looked like there had been a lifeboat over there. And they're like, let's try to make our way back down. He seemed pretty excited about it. And then they noticed that He had a dark jacket and dark pants on. And they were like, are you a crew member? And he's like, oh, no, I'm an architect from Vienna. So (laughs) just a little side. Um, And they said they should have figured it wasn't. It was a passenger and not a crew member because no crew member had helped them in any point at this (laughs) In this, like, crazy adventure. Maybe adventure is not the right word, but sorry, guys. So they eventually, it was uh, a couple guys got down, and then they helped Valerie and Cindy down, and they were sort of able to scoot their way down to a small area where there was more lifeboats. So the plan was to scoot down to Mm -hmm. a small area that was actually kind of in the middle of the ship, the middle of the outside of the ship, not inside. Yeah. And they were able to use these thin ropes that hung down the side of the ship that they were able to sort of guide themselves down and then jump into the lifeboat.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: So Georgia was like, nah. Nah. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to do that.
0: But she did all these other stuff.
1: Oh, I know. she's been like a freaking athlete yeah. this entire time. but she quickly realized that this was her only chance mm. off of the boat. So she they found themselves directly above the lifeboat and this was the first time they saw an actual crew member since being ordered off the lifeboat the first time.
0: yeah,
1: and what amazed them is he was actually taking a smoke break. <laughs> So, there he sat on the side of the ship at 2.30 in the morning, calmly having a cigarette while the passengers were trying to evacuate. So, they grabbed the nearest rope... And then let themselves down into the lifeboat. Yay! And together, they survived. Oh,
0: my goodness. Yay.
1: There was more chaos and insufficient provisions on the ground. Eventually, the Ananias family made it home. But 32 passengers died really? on, that, on that ship. That's so, so sad. I have a little follow-up. Let's... Oh, um, yes. So, oh no, on this, according to this one, actually 33 passengers or 33 people died, 27 passengers, five crew members, and later one member of a salvage team. So, because oh. many years later, I think it was like five years later, they were actually able to raise it because oh. it sat there for the longest time. Yeah. So they were able to raise it out and just they salvaged it. So it was all used for scrap. So they oh. they went in, they got all the oil and gas out of it mm-hmm. and then they just started pulling it apart for the metal. Um mm-hmm. that it was never to sail again. So there was about 300 passengers total that were left on the sinking vessel. And they found out that there, there was many shortcomings in the procedures followed by the crew. And the uh, the captain actually got a arre- he was arrested. So what he said was that he fell off the boat and <laughs> into a life. Into he a fell life- off the boat and landed <laughs> in, in a lifeboat. And but he was actually told later to get back on the boat, and he refused. So he was found guilty of manslaughter and was sentenced to sixteen years in prison.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah, because he did not handle that well at all i
0: mean i understand okay you don't have to go down with your ship but at least like be the last one i don't
1: know like well and <laughs> make sure it, everyone else is off it took a really long time for even for him to give the,
0: the okay to, to yeah to evacuate mm. i keep wanting
1: to say excavation instead of evacuate I don't know. so because if they had sort of said something sooner they think they could have gotten a lot more people off the boat right. in a much more safer way because uh, a ton of people were stuck on the were not able to get... Pretty much anyone on the starboard side was not able to get off the boat.
0: But they did. They I did mean, like,
1: eventually, they eventually. They had to get hold. off of their lifeboat and then get yeah. up and out and the whole way.
0: So the 300 people that were left on the boat got rescued somehow.
1: Yeah. I see. Except for the poor 32 people who right. lost their lives.
0: Mm.
1: So they say the total disaster cost is around $2 billion. Whoa. Uh, between... The victim compensa- compensation, refloating, towing, and scrapping costs. It all The initial construction costs were $602 million, and so it well exceeded <laughs> its demise, cost a lot more. Yeah. I guess there was most passengers received a compensation of 11,000 euros. So was about $20,000. Dang. Um, about 65% of the survivors took the offer.
0: Oh uh, yeah. yeah, but there sure.
1: is—I don't know if there's still a class action suit. It's still going on, but there is a class action. Oh suit wow, against the the company who is Carnival.
0: Oh Carnival, yeah. Wow. It's like it's a
1: subsidiary I of see, Carnival. I so, uh so as you're heading out to your vacations this summer, just think of that. It was the first day. <laughs> no, could you imagine? You didn't even make it to any ports of
0: call. Yeah. Ugh. the first day. Yeah. That sucks.
1: That would suck.
0: Well, okay, yeah. With cruises, they do that whole, like, before you even can go to your room or anything like that, you, like, can put your stuff down and then go and... and then
1: you do, like, a safety drill, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And you have to do it. Like, they won't let anyone go back to the rooms until everyone is there to go Mm, through it. um, Could you imagine going, like, sitting there after this, like, this earthquake has happened and you have to listen through three different languages before you can understand what's happening? (gasps) And then being told
1: that it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. It's just an electrical problem.
0: Everyone else is running. You're like, hmm?
1: Is it fine? It doesn't feel fine. Uh Oh, Lord. I've never been on a cruise, but... I have never actually been on a cruise myself. Yeah. I feel like they'd be fun. I mean, except for this thing, but... Yeah.
0: Well, only thing, like, also with the COVID, mm. like, because the air was circulating, whatever, so everyone was getting sick, and they had to, like... They just, like, left them <laughs> on the boat. them yeah. on
1: the boat. And Terrible. so, if you didn't have it, you were getting it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was that so, like, 600 people or something I like that? I think so.
0: So, I don't know. And then Nick doesn't like to be he doesn't like to be out in, like, open ocean and not be able to see, like, any land. Like, he doesn't like that.
1: That is actually Joel's... uh oh, really? Yeah, aversion to... Cru- he, he's like, I never want to go on a cruise. Because yeah, you are just in-, in the ocean, open yeah. ocean, and who knows, and that is a bit of a fear of mm-hmm. his. That's which I get, because I have it as well. I think a so cruise we'll would be fun, though. You I think a cruise
0: would be a blast. You can drink
1: as much as you want, and go shopping, and have All pools, on the boat, and yeah. everything.
0: Go swimming, and... Mm.
1: delightful
0: delightful indeed so we'll see maybe someday all right (laughs) well uh thank you so much for listening and please be wary of the heat and cruises (laughs) and we like to uh, do what we can yeah so thank you so much you can uh follow us on facebook and instagram and our website i should totally be right now.com and yeah we would love to hear any drink suggestions or any stories that you guys may have
1: so, we would love it. We love doing drink suggestions that people do. Oh yeah, that's like my favorite.
0: I would just like to try new things, and we—I mean, there's so many different drink op- options out there. So. I would have
1: never put vanilla coke and spice rum together, but no. turns out it's delicious. It's,
0: it's dangerous. Yeah. It's so good. Mm. All right. Well, thank you so much, you guys. Hope you uh, listen again. Okay. Thank you so much, you guys. Catch you next time.
1: Woo! Have Goodbye. a good summer. Yes, yes. Watch out for the sun.
0: Ha ha ha.